Hey, it's Pat and Stu. And the Blob. Why would you? Blob is here, as usual. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a fan. Uh, Not a fan. Um, Jeffy, uh, we should do a special on your first hundred years, uh, if we were around in 1950 to do that special. Uh, But, I mean, we're at the 100-day mark of Mm -hmm. the uh, Trump administration, almost. It's Saturday. Um, uh, We've not talked about this at all. So let's just do it right now, live in the air. Grade for Trump, first 100 days. Now, I want you to take this on, and explain the scale a little bit here. I think you rate this not on what you expected out of Trump, Mm -hmm. not on what you'd expect out of a Republican president, but what you would expect out of a president in general. Is he doing a good job, a bad job, in the middle? What would you give Trump for the first 100 days? Pat, you can lead it off. You're welcome. Um, I would give him a D. Okay. Only because of uh, Neil Gorsuch. Other than Neil Gorsuch, it would be a flat-out F. (laughs) Flat-out F. Jeffy, now I know, do you know all these letters or that are in this scale? I mean, they start with A, right? Right, A starts it up. Yeah, that would be the best one. And that would be the best one, so I'm not going to probably use that one. Um, Then there's B. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm probably not going to use that one because that's pretty close to the best one. Okay. And C's in the middle. And then Mm -hmm. there's D, which Pat had. You know, like C, C minus, just because he's... You know, I don't know why. Notice the, uh, r- the the spoons there where he doesn't actually give a grade mm-hmm. C or C minus. C, C minus, somewhere there. I think I would, uh, honestly, if I'm being perfectly honest, I'm right with you on that, I think. I, I feel like a C yeah, just, feels too good. Yeah, no, but C minus, just, I feel it is like it's the right one. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Because you're right, Gorsuch uh, is, yeah. is the big thing. That Gorsuch gets him. brought him up a whole grade yeah, point. Exactly. That's um, pretty good. Um, however, in 100 days, <laughs> he, I, I will say this about Trump. He, if I take him out of it and the way he changes from topic to topic and, and says one thing and says the opposite the next day, taking I'm trying to take that out of it. If you just look at policy, like he hasn't been great, but most of the things that he wants to do that I disagree with strongly, he hasn't really done that much on. Like, you know, for example, the trade stuff, he's threatening to pull out of NAFTA. He's threatening to renegotiate it into God knows what. He did pull out of the Trans-Pacific Partnership. But, like, he hasn't done all of the bad things that he's promised to do that I didn't like. Um, you know, he obviously, the many legal disasters, right? He's tried to do, um, uh, the, he's been, uh, many of his decisions overturned. Um, mm. He uh, failed on Obamacare so far. Um, mm. You know, I mm. think if he, like, if he accomplished Obamacare, <laughs> then I would maybe give him a C, right? Like, but, you know, C minus, you know, D plus, to quote Jeffy, kind of giving you two grades where you kind of feel like one of them yeah. could be right. I feel like, I don't know. Like, I'm not, I, I, I will say this, he's exceeded my expectations. Um, so that's something positive if you're a Trump fan, I think. I mean, I, 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 will, I will say that he is doing a, a better job than I expected him to do. I think that is completely fair to say. And I think the reason why... I think because of in, in immigration. Right there. Because of in, in immigration, though, he's been worse on that than I thought. So I think he's about where I thought. I, 
I didn't expect Gorsuch, but I did expect him to at least stick to his guns on his signature issue, and he hasn't. I mean, that's no, one of the things hasn't. we liked about him, right? I might, yeah. have to, I might have to go down to um, That's one of the things the we liked about him because liked about he was him. the guy that was could, could <clears throat> don't fight him on the stuff because he wins it. Yeah, he's the and one you, that well, wins and, it. And I will say, I remember you, Pat, at one point in particular, being like, "This guy will just—he wins every yes. time." Yes, said it on the said it on the mm-hmm. show. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and that, that's gone, right? I mean, he is yeah. not sure winning is. every yes. time, obviously. No, not, at this, not point. at all. And he doesn't fight about it anymore either. Which you know, I mean, he—it's rare that he would just—I don't care. I mean, he's learning. Right, he's he's learning. He's figuring this job out. There's a story from Politico today, and I kind of read a little bit of it at the end, and this this is interesting. Everyone is concerned that things are not going well, said one senior official. There uh, there should be more structure in place, uh, so we know who is working on what and who is responsible for what. But they're learning. One key development: White House aides have figured out it's best not to present Trump with too many competing options when it comes to matters of policy or strategy. Instead, the way to win Trump over, they say is to present him a single preferred course of action and then walk him through what the outcome could be, especially how it will play in the press. Mm. You don't walk in with a traditional presentation like a binder or a PowerPoint. He doesn't care. He doesn't consume information that way, said one senior administration official. You go in and you tell him the pros and the cons and what media coverage is going to be like. Downplaying the downside of risk of a decision can win out in the short term, but the risk is a presidential uh, dressing down delivered in a yell. You don't want to be the person who sold him on something that turned out to be a bad idea. Oh, wow. I believe that. Again, it's all. I believe all of it. Press. That's, you know, you know, you know what rings really true. How will people feel about him if he does this? That's that's all important to him. Yeah. And you know what really uh, rings true to me Mm -hmm. out of this is the Obamacare Mm -hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. He, he, they came into him and they said, look, we're going this way. Now, this isn't something, it's not bold. What they tried to do with Obamacare wasn't bold at all. It doesn't seem like the type of thing that would appeal to Donald Trump. You know, and like you've kind of figured, you'd say like, ah, you know, we're throwing it. We're either going to give everybody health care or nobody health care. Like, you know, like there's nothing. It was such a wormy Congress, uh, annoying type of proposal that you've seen from every, you know, unknown, faceless Republican for the past zillion years. It was like a slight improvement that kind of has a a lot of easy arguments against it. And it was hard to really prove. But someone probably went in there and said, look, people aren't going to care what's in there. Just tell him you're getting rid of Obamacare, and that's going to be a win, and you're going to be able to say, I got rid of Obamacare. Well, he went along with it, and then they didn't get rid of Obamacare, so he loses the battle, and no one liked the policy, and it looks really bad for him, and someone probably gets a big dressing down for that. Mm-hmm. Um, that does seem like the type of thing, I mean, it's consistent with every, everything we've ever known about Donald Trump. Again, I think I, again, I think he's he's exceeded my expectations. I didn't expect him to do the Gorsuch thing. There's been some stuff with the EPA. I think he's been pretty good on. Um, some of his appointments were good. Uh, the tax proposal that he's thrown out there in the last couple of days, while not as good as I would like, not as good as a Ted Cruz proposal, not as good as a Rand Paul proposal, no. not as good as a Donald Trump. Not as Trump, good as his own proposal. Not, not as good as a Donald Trump proposal on the campaign. <laughs> it's a crappy um, proposal. But it is better. Than I think what we have now. It's yeah. I mean, I think it's considerably better than what we have now. If it passed as it's is, slightly again, better than what we have now. And what I say is, when I say as is, uh, it uh, it's not anything. It's one of the amazing parts of this. I think more amazing than anything when it comes to the tax plan is not that the rates changed and went up. The middle uh, the middle tax bracket went up by sixty seven percent in the rate sixty seven percent, and it went up by forty percent in the top rate. So I mean. 
these all the numbers went up. What's amazing to me about it, however, is not that they went up or changed or anything. There's actually less detail in his presidential proposal than his campaign proposal. It's supposed to be the other way around. Like, you make a proposal in general during the campaign, then you fill in the details when you become president. He's actually lowered the amount of detail. We no longer know what the salaries are, for example. Like, in the campaign proposal, the top rate was 25%, and I believe it started at 350000 or something like that of salary. This is, the top rate is 35%, but we don't know if it starts at $3 or $60 million. He didn't release any detail of the strategy at all, which is strange. Um, Mnuchin and uh, and Cohn kind of filled in a little bit of it. And I do think it would be improvement. It's not a great improvement on the individual side. I will give you that. It's it's really, but it is a great improvement on the corporate side. Um, mm-hmm. There is a, it's a big step there. On, on the, if we get the corporate income tax to 15%, I think that will spur job creation. I mean, that is a, it's a big difference. But again, it looks like it would be temporary for 10 years. Um, which is a whole other uh, set of issues. Um, and, you know, of course, there's going to be... Every, they're going to score this plan, and it's going to say, well, you're increasing all this money in the deficit and everything else, and I, you can't really play that out until later. But, so that's a spending issue. If you can't make deal with the trillions of dollars they're bringing in every year, you've you got to figure that out. That's on you. That's not on any tax plan. Mm-hmm. You know, figure out the spending part of it. Of course, that's also Donald Trump's responsibility, um, or at least uh, I think part of his job to try to do that and work with Congress and get that done. Um, so far, we're not seeing that. We're seeing, like, for example, the child care plan. Remember the $680 billion child care plan we've talked about, child care maternity? Much of that seems to be included in this tax plan. Um, so, it's, again, it's in, it seems to be increasing spending in many ways. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I, again, overall, I would say, ha, am, I, what, am I happy with him as a president? The answer to that is no. Am I happy so far with Donald Trump as as to what I expected, I mean, you got Gorsuch. And, well, you know what? Well, in, in 2020, it'll be October, and we'll still be saying, you got Gorsuch, hopefully. That's if Gorsuch turns out good. Yeah. <laughs> that we don't even know. And then we, I mean, we hope, well. we hope that he would have a little bit of respect for the office as far as, uh, you know, maybe staying at the White House. But now he's got the wife and the kid. We're paying millions every day for them to be in New York. He's going to Mar-a-Lago, playing golf every other yeah. day. I, I mean, mean, it's starting to, I don't know. The bottom bothers, line is, that doesn't bother me that much, honestly. It didn't bother me that much with Obama, to be frank about it. I mean, I, I don't care about the weekend golfing. That, I'm yeah. concerned about that. It's just that he figures now that, you know, he doesn't need to be at the White House. Well, in the political article, it talks about how what they're trying, what they try to do is minimize his time by himself and talking to his friends. Because what, <laughs> these, the crazier tweets seem to come, he gets one of his buddies on the line, they BS about issues, he comes up with a new point, that's when the tweet happens. So they're trying to get him, so he's always in a meeting, he's always moved around from place to place. The issue is on weekends, he's at Mar-a-Lago right. and no one can do anything about it. It's his time. No one steps in. He wants people out of his face. So those are the times where a lot of the, the, the more off-topic tweets and such are coming. The bottom line is he sucks. <laughs> That's the bottom line. I, there's something I really like about how much you don't like him. I, <laughs> I, and I, I am I right wanna, there with you. Because, I mean, you know, it would be I easy, right I, easy for us. And I, I, I honestly am mm. trying to analyze this as fairly as I can. I yeah. really don't like Donald Trump. I don't like the, his persona. I don't like the way he talks. I don't like the, his mannerisms. Well, he talks I don't like, like his speech patterns. Grader. I don't like all of that. If I, the, the more I see of Donald Trump, the less I like him. Yes. 
So I try to like remove myself and say, okay, here are the policies. Here's the things he's actually accomplished. Um, Mm-hmm. And again, it's been minimal. I don't think, I, you sure Sean Spicer is going to say the opposite, but I don't think anyone, even his supporters, are saying, wow, he's, he's accomplished all of his goals of the first 100 days. Well, what I mean, they point no to on his accomplishments are the 32 executive orders he signed. Lots of executive orders, oh, which he not, said he wouldn't that's do. That's great. He, he yeah. said he would largely get rid of those. And they were supposed to be very bad. Those are bad. They're very, very bad. And now they're very, very good. Now he, that's all he does. Because he can't get anything else done. And it's one thing so. to do that when you have a, a Democratic Congress. Like, I mean, he's got a Republican Congress. And he's right. still firing these things off at right. an, 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 you know, a pace mm-hmm. we've never seen, really. Yeah, and this, and this tax proposal is so lackluster and such a nothing burger, except, as you pointed out, with the business tax. With that, with that being, you know, more than cut in half, that's really good. You know, but it's but a little better than nothing. If you burger. can't at least lower it to the twenty-eight percent range of Ronald Reagan, when you have got a majority in both houses, I it just it's inconceivable to me that this is what we get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really it's you got not. the executive, you got the House, you got the Senate, and this is what we get. That's bad. Yeah. That's bad. They're going to get rid of a lot of deductions. Um, they're going to change the, the item, uh, the standard deduction. Um, again, I don't want to get too deep into tax talk here because it can bore the hell out they're of They're changing everybody. the standard to what? They're going to double it. Oh, they're, okay. So that's a big change. And, and it does good. two things. Um, one is you're going to get, so basically instead of going through and saving receipts. They're getting rid of the get this uh, standard alternative deduction. minimum? Yeah, they're getting rid of that. Okay. Um, you know what it reminds me of before I get That'll to, save a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah. A lot. Um, you know what it really reminds me of? Um, and the numbers are, are worse, uh, but, they're, but they're in the same period, uh, in the same ballpark, and almost all the features are the same. Giuliani's 2008 tax plan. Mm. When Giuliani ran for president, and his tax plan was not terrible, um, but that plan mm. was similar to this one in structure, in the things that they emphasized, and I wonder if probably Giuliani was it. involved in it. Yeah, probably. I mean, he probably was, right? Yeah. They're obviously close. Um, but on the, uh, on the deduction, standard deduction, so you can, can just take the standard deduction and say, I'm not going to go through all the receipts and all the, all the other crap. I'll just take this standard generalized deduction. I think it's 12000 for a married couple. It would go to twenty four thousand, which would be a big difference for a lot of people. And they believe because it's bigger, mm. it will mean about ninety percent of people will file their taxes that way. Now, if you file your taxes with a standard deduction, what you get essentially is a very simplified tax reform uh, tax form. You know, it's 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 kind of a, a cheat. Uh, to be able to simplify the tax ref- uh, format without actually having to go through mm-hmm. the nastiness of doing it. Um, and in that way, it's kind of smart. I think it's kind of a smart proposal to do it because it knocks out a lot of the hassle you'd have to push it through. It's just a, uh, it's another just not, half-assed me- measure, well, though. It is, totally. You know? It's not, you know what's interesting? And I think more than anything else, it's the same goes, it goes to healthcare. It's just not mm. bold. It's not. It's just Boring, and, and I thought this was going to be the same old big, nonsense. bold president who yeah. didn't back down. Yeah. And it's just nothing it's of not the kind. A bold it's nothing of the kind. plan at all. It's, it's very similar, again, to Giuliani, who you'd look at and say, okay, here's a moderate who d- was not a hardcore conservative that did not push tax reform super hard. I, mm. I, you know, his, again, that, his plan was, con- it was better than Trump's as well. Um, it wasn't <laughs> as good on the corporate side, but it was better on the, uh, on the individual side. Um, but, but, <laughs> you heard that too. Obviously. I did hear it. Yes, we were in, we were in the jet. Whenever Darth. you type, we're in the GF Jeffy breathing zone. Yeah. He, the microphone hits the Darth uh, zone a little bit, and it just distracted me. I I do apologize. 
Sorry. <laughs> so my point is, he's not happy about no, that. No, he's not. I, well, it's not my fault. He's I not didn't happy do it. About the breathing thing. So uh, <laughs> the problem is that Jeffy is typing during the show while we're heads up at the camera. So like when mm-hmm. he's not on, he's looking down like this, and he's like, and he's breathing into his I microphone. I don't turn my mic off. <laughs> The microphone is right here. Yeah, but what you no, could do is turn it off while you're breathing and then turn it I, on when you're about to say something. That could happen. Or you could hold right? your breath until you stop breathing altogether. <laughs> no, I, I think it is a, <laughs> I think it is a function of you working on the feed while we're on the mm-hmm. air. But it is. still, it is a still. tad distracting at times. Uh, so my, no, I don't know where I was. The no, point no, here no. is that it's not, where are the, where are the balls? He doesn't have any. You know, I, it's interesting because the things you would have liked for him to have yeah. as president, the things that, that kind of were irritating during the campaign because it eliminated the, the candidates I liked. But those you're thinking, okay, well, at least when he gets into office, he's going to have the wherewithal to tell people to go pound sand because he's going to have it the right way. He's going to do what the bold things, right? He's going to make the tough yeah. decisions and he's going to stick but he's doing nothing like that. Yeah. That's not who he is. I mean, so anything you might have liked he changed and all the things you hated are worse. I I, I don't just, think see, I, I think it's a little you could be right on that. Crazy. Um, I would say that, that like for example, the Paris Agreement on global warming. Why haven't we pulled uh, the hell out of that and yet? And now they're saying he's going to stick he's with it. He's going to stick with it. And it's like, he's going to so stick with the Paris that. Agreement. He's going to keep us in that. What about the Iran deal? The Iran deal. Oh, the Iran deal. Another, another one. That we're pisses in me that. off. That's that what he talked about off. every day. He was going to, day one, we're out of that. Yeah, China is nope. another one. Yes. Uh, again, China's China another one. Currency manipulator thing was not something I liked for him. She was nice to him. But she was nice to him. She was nice to him. And that, so it goes the other way. You know, so again, the things I haven't liked, he hasn't acted on really either. Um, so, right. I, so I, yes. I feel like that's I, as that's not as just crazy. Uh, unbelievable. That's why I give him a little bit of a break. And the and the one thing you give him a big break on is the Gorsuch thing. I mean, that was great. Sure. Uh, so far. Yes. So uh, I mean, it brought him up an entire grade point. Yes. It did. And so I, I don't think D, I'm not saying I, I, I criticize your grade point average at all. I I I, I think a D is fair. Um, the more I think, we continue to talk, I'm ready to drop my grade down to D. <laughs> I know. When you go really, you really examine it, because really there hasn't yeah, been a, a lot. lot outside of some executive orders that were largely symbolic. Much of it is... Including this last one. Yeah, it's like, no, hey, we're going to study and figure out whether X, what? Y, or Z is the right move. Well, that's not an... You kidding know. me? So, did, he did nothing on national parks. Nothing. And, and I, you know, again, in the, in the campaign, he said that they shouldn't be tur- turned over to private hands because who knows what people will do with them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's that, true. He, he was on the other side of that during the campaign. Right, yes. He absolutely has no passion. He for was that left issue. of himself yeah. on that during the campaign. So again, so. I think I will say the question here is, and I'm trying not to compare it against what I think should happen because if I do that, I'm going to give him an F. Uh-huh. He's not, he, but he never was that guy, and and he, I never thought he was going to be that guy. The question is, is he moving things in the right direction? Like he is this tax plan is to the left of Ted Cruz. It is to the left of Rand Paul. It is to the left of what I would want. It is to the left of what Donald Trump said he would do. However, it is to the right of what we have. Yeah. And so that is something. Yeah. And I expected nothing. Yeah. But so that's what, that's if what I can gets get something and not nothing, I'm going to be happy. I mean, and I'll be thrilled if, we, if, if this winds up just being a bad Democratic president or a bad republican president i'm gonna be happy i'm gonna be uh, mm-hmm. not happy 
but it will exceed my expectations. Yeah. What would what grade would you give your uh, like most phone carriers? I'd give them all an F. All of them, and except why, for Patriot Mobile. Why is that? Well, I mean, I don't know if you know this, Pat. Because, mm. uh, I mean, the service might be all right or whatever. It's usually expensive. Um, but it might mm-hmm. be all right on the service. The issue, though, is that uh, a lot of times they're donating large sums of cash to left-wing groups that I don't agree with. And I do know that because we talk about it every day. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was um, you. However, I, knew, I, knew I, did that. I didn't know that before our relationship with Patriot Mobile, and yeah. they opened up our eyes to this, and that's why Patriot Mobile offers the kind of service they do. They've got the nationwide talk and text and high-speed 4G LTE data, but they also have great prices that are lower than the rest, and they take five per, up to 5% of your monthly bill, and they donate it to a conservative organization that you like. Yeah, Patriot Mobile is the only conservative phone company. And you might say, well, phone companies aren't partisan. Uh, you don't yeah, they know, are. You haven't seen this. I mean, there's mm-hmm. one company in particular that has donated $80 million to progressive causes. And they actually are out front about it. They're like, look, this is we want you to sign mm-hmm. up with us so we can have lots of money to give to progressive causes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are up front about it. Patriot Mobile uh, is up front about the opposite. They're going to give to conservative organizations that you believe in, and they're going to get you out of your contract if you have one of them with the crappy phone provider. 500 bucks per line, up to $1,500 per account. And you can keep your number and get the great coverage that you get uh, uh, from uh, the other you know, big names. Um, but you're going conser- to support conservative values. It's, it's, a, it's a great deal. Plus, you can get a free iPhone 5S or the Galaxy S5 when you sign up for the $45 monthly unlimited talk, text, and data plan. Or you could choose from other great phones. But the thing is, call Patriot Mobile. If you're a veteran, military veteran, they'll get you 10% off or a first responder and the families, yep. too. Call Patriot Mobile, and they are going to waive your $35 activation fee if you use the promo code Pat and Stu. However, Thanks. they require that action. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You have to use the promo code Pat and Stu to get that deal. knew there was a catch. That's true. PatriotMobile.com slash Pat and Stu, or call them 1-800-A-PATRIOT. It's 1-800-A-PATRIOT for Patriot Mobile. Uh, So, in an effort to understand this president, uh, people are diving into all kinds of different Trump-isms. And one of the things they're looking at right now are his linguistics, which we know to be different from any other president, any other adult, really, that you've ever spoken to. Um, And and they're kind of looking at the new presidential script, and they're saying that, you know, this guy's tough to analyze because... Presidents, up until this time, have usually prepared before speeches. They, uh, they prepare before press conferences. Uh, they have answers ready to give. This guy doesn't. He, he's, he just shoots from the hip. Mm-hmm. And he, he doesn't, apparently he doesn't like to read the scripts ahead of time. Uh, then they talk about his repetition, his asides, and his non sequiturs. I mean, his speech pattern is seriously that of a... Certainly not a an Ivy League graduate. Certainly not. Uh, uh, even though he says he went to Wharton Business School, he has the best words. I have the best words. <laughs> no, no, you really don't. Hmm. You really don't. If you have them, you don't use them. So you might want to consider. Well, I could that. be saving them for later. You know. Uh, but uh, they, they talk about some of the the things, the great chemistry with all leaders. And even when the interviewer attempts to shift, the discussion returns to the point he wants to make. 
uh, talking again of establishing amazing relationships, great relationships, great chemistry. So there's a lot of rep- repetition, uh, mm-hmm. building up patterns of trust with the listener. And that's what, he, I mean, he's good at that because he'll, he'll make his supporters think that he knows what he's talking about. And, and the fact that he reinforces it so many times leads you to believe that he's not lying when he very well may be. Yeah, it's interesting. He just doesn't value the same things I think the average person values when it comes to their speaking. Mm-hmm. For example, I think a lot of people, when they say things, they uh, they mean them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he even, I mean, acknowledges and many of the things he says are not true because he's negotiating, right? Like he's just saying, "I'm throwing this out there because I want to negotiate." So his his mind is not what I, am I what I am saying true is what I am saying true. It is how will this affect X, Y, or Z negotiation. Like he's thinking of these. He's thinking of the use of language in a completely different way than the average person. Yeah. Um, and so, and it served uh, him well during the campaign. Yeah, because because you know, and because he says himself, "Look, I say things that are negotiation points, whatever." Or, uh, you know, I said something like when I um, when I said uh, I thought NATO was obsolete. It is somehow okay for him to later say, well, I didn't, I didn't know, know I anything talking about, about NATO at that time. Didn't know what I was talking I about then. I, was talking about. I, I just said now. it was obsolete, but I mean, that was before wow. I, now I dealt with them, and now I know. Um, North Korea, I said China's got to handle it. Um, but then I talked to Xi for 10 minutes, and he told me the history, and wow, it's amazing. Uh, and you know, so now I understand. Like, most people would be internally embarrassed enough to not blurt out the first thing. I don't know anything about North Korea. Crap, I shouldn't say this. Yeah. Right? I don't know anything about NATO. Uh, let me just BS my way out of it. Instead, he just says the strongest opinion possible to project strength. And if it turns out to be wrong later, he'll later just say, well, you know, it was the, it's the opposite of what I said earlier. And there's no punishment <laughs> to it. There's no, uh, there's no consequence right. uh, attached. Right. So he just continues to do it. Because his followers are like, well, he's not a politician. And that excuses everything, apparently. Mm-hmm. That excuses all of his lack of knowledge, all of his uh, silly rhetoric, all of his wrongheadedness, and all of his lies. Well, he's, he's not a politician. Yeah. So that makes everything he has ever said okay? How is that possible? I don't know. And, and it leads weird. to really weird consequences. Weird. Let me well, see, this. he's running into people now that are uh, smarter than him or as smart, no, right? No, so, no, no one's smarter than him. Well, but, but he said, though, right? Remember before we talked about it where he said it's always better to be around people that uh, have less money than you, aren't as smart as you. Right. Always be around those types of people. Mm-hmm. And that's his, that's his, for, that's his forte. Right, he's yeah. Mr. Mr. Big Man, Mr. Uh-huh. Whatever he says goes, because he's the big man on campus. Well, now uh, the campus is, uh, you know, he's not, he may, be, he's the big man yeah. on campus, but there's a lot more people on campus. Right, I, I think, and that's the scary thing if you're a Trump supporter, and maybe the comforting thing if you're not, is that, like, for example, we disagree with Trump on a lot of things. However, if our goal was to manipulate Donald Trump into uh, getting the things that we wanted, what we should do is come out and tell you how wonderful he is, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and kiss his butt. He'd be on the air and, here every day. And he'd be on the mm-hmm. air constantly and saying, you know, and, and, and with us and helping us. Mm-hmm. Now, that is not our goal, whether that's our smart or dumb is up to you. 
Um, but, you know, I'm not in this business to try to move a president towards a policy. I'm in this business because I feel like I, I, I enjoy looking at these issues and trying to tell the truth about them uh, to my, the best of my ability and trying to, to come up with better solutions. But I'm not trying to exert political influence. I, I just I, that's not my job. Like, I don't see that as my job. You might see that as my job. A lot of people seem to during the campaign. They kept th- saying to me, like, well, why don't you get on board? Well, you need to get this person elected. Well, you need that's I don't see that as my job at all. I, 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 in fact, when I see that as my job, I will go to Washington, D.C. and work in D.C. Like, I, uh, because that's where that mm-hmm. stuff gets done. If you want that, you can go and listen to Sean Spicer's press conference every day and maybe you'll get what you need. I've never saw that, uh, seen that as my job, so I don't try to do it. I don't let that enter into my calculus. I, you know, whether I have an audience or not, I might enter into my calculus. I want to keep my job. I want to, you know, do the things that we do. But I don't say, oh, well, I, I want the president, I want to manipulate the president into this position. And never really has before has that been possible or thought to be possible. The president has usually, like Barack Obama had a really good handle on progressivism. A really good handle on uh, Marxism. A really good handle on what he wanted to do to the country. Um, where Trump is much more easily manipulated. So to me, that's somewhat comforting because I think his instincts are bad. So I like that Mike Pence can go in there and sweet talk him and maybe get a policy in. That's actually comforting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, where I think if you're a Trump supporter and you actually liked the plans that he has... It's, a, it's, it's terrifying because there are a lot of people around Donald Trump that know way more about the issues he's dealing with than Donald Trump does. And so they are, as the political story indicates, people are walking in there with, to him with one option and it's working. They're like, hey, this is the thing. You know, I've been I wanting uh, this is the health care plan. This is the only one thing we can get past. Well, that to me, you know, I, I wouldn't want that if I was a Trump supporter. Yeah. And so I think his lack of intellectual curiosity really hurts him if you're a fan of whatever his you know, ideology is. Because I doesn't, he doesn't seem to be executing it all that often. He wants to get in fights with the press. And that's what he said to the Freedom Caucus. Hey, stop bothering me with the little things, like the details of the policy. I'm, we're going to win here. Because mm-hmm. that's the only way he sees the world, and, and, and I, you know, that's not positive if you're a, if you're a, a supporter of his nationalism or whatever. No, triple eight seven two seven back eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. More Pat and Stu coming up in a second. Gonna play this uh, Pelosi speech too. No, Speaking man. of speech patterns, oh, God. she's great. We're going to go to this uh, Nancy Pelosi speech in a second. I wanted to show you this, though, because uh, this is what I was trying to get to, and I kept forgetting. Um, this tweet from Eric Erickson. Um, this is uh, from his phone. It's actually from his Instagram page. He posted a screenshot of his phone and the alerts. These are three alerts in a row. President Trump is likely to sign an order setting in motion a U.S. withdrawal from the NAFTA trade accord. Next update. Trump pledges to keep U.S. in NAFTA 
hours after his aides told reporters that he may threaten to leave it. Mm. Next one. President told Mexico and Canada he would renegotiate NAFTA, not pull out of it, as his aides said he would hours earlier. Those are three different... All, in fact, it's every available position on the issue <laughs> in one day. In just a matter of hours. Yeah, just a matter of hours. In fact, Incredible. It's just, that's amazing. Uh, it's amazing. That's, and, and, and I think that goes to back to kind of his speech pattern. Yeah. Like, and, and it's, this is also the dysfunction of, of certain parts of the White House as well. But it's like aides are telling the reporters one thing to get this message out. Then they see it's not react. People don't react to it well. Then mm-hmm. he comes out and says the exact opposite. Then people don't react to that well. Then he says the thing in the middle. And that's, that's how he takes all the positions available in one day. It's great. It's, a, it's amazing. And, you know, people are making a deal out of the uh, uh, what he said to the Purple Heart recipient. He congratulated him mm-hmm. for winning it, but which is sort of inappropriate because of the nature of the Purple Heart. Right. It's not like, a, uh, you know. hey, congratulations, you were shot in the face. Uh, way to go. I don't know. That was his particular wound. But he also <laughs> said during this presentation, I, I always wanted to get the Purple Heart. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> You, you've you always, always wanted, wanted to, to be wounded in battle? The guy without the leg in the <laughs> wheelchair? Thank so you. What? So weird. So weird. I, I, it's hard to understand. <laughs> so no, I mean, weird. the truth there probably is that he didn't he, know what it was. He didn't know what it was. He was what thinking it's of like, for. He thought it was like more like the yeah. Medal of Honor, right? right. Like, he thought of something like that. And then, of course, right. you know, you, it would make a little bit of sense. <laughs> Um, but no, it was the Purple Heart. I always wanted to be wounded in battle, uh, preferably shot in the buttocks. <laughs> okay. okay. All, all right. All right. Um, well, thanks for the that's insight. weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also weird is this uh, breakdown by Nancy Pelosi when she was uh, speaking the other day. Garbling words, mispronouncing uh, countries. Here's, here's a look at what happened. And Hassan Shireh. Uh, for your well-deserved recognitions tonight. Today, the strong moral voice of Refugees International. We degrade our values and our security when we slam the door in the face of children fleeing atrocities. With the specter of famine looming over northeast Nigeria, Somalia, South Sudan, and and Yemen, almost slashing the State Department budget, and foreign aid budget by 30% would only deepen the crisis fighting, uh, facing the children. Children, um, children need America to be their champion. Thank you, Refugees International, for your leadership. Thank you for your moral advocacy and your action. Thank you for challenging us, challenging us to honor our values as a nation. Hmm. What do you think that is? I mean, it could be... Could be medication. Could you be. Know, could be, yeah, could uh, be. Maybe she had a couple. Yeah. I mean, it's. It, 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 it she's not hammered there, but it could be she. Maybe she had one too many. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe she's just hadn't read the speech, and it's just like struggling through it. Yeah, it looks like read. a little bit of that for sure, where she hadn't mm-hmm. read it at all. And then uh, you know, there's only so much. Uh, I mean, she's probably still coming off the medication for uh, plastic surgery. <laughs> so I mean, that leaves you a little dazed. Does it? Because you've got so much work done. Yes, I I know. You look so perfect. You got a little tightened up. You know, I got a little couple Uh, things tightened up here. (laughs) You got something tightened up. Yeah, a couple things tightened. Wow, they. You need to go back and get a refund, my friend. Seriously. No, this is. (laughs) You need some money back on that. uh, You don't think they did a good job? No. No. Did they loosen it up? <laughs> did they go in there? Did you have surgery to loosen it up? 
at all. I had him let out my stomach a little bit. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh man, what a what a what an Weird. interesting uh, person she is. Yeah, she's. Uh, can we put? Can we say fascinating. that? Uh, she's fascinating. Uh, apparently, things are, are so bad in Venezuela right now that people are walking all the way to Brazil to try to get medicine. This is really, uh, really, uh, it's an awful situation. And, I mean, people are starving. Uh, they're in, they're in bread lines. They, they go to the yeah. store and the stores are empty. You know, you, t- you talk about preparing for something. Uh, hopefully, people in Venezuela decided to prepare a little bit, although based on the food lines, it doesn't look like they did prepare much. And this is not a, uh, you know, a four-week, uh, we talk about four-week emergency food supply for my Patriot Supply, which we, of course, recommend. However, uh, that, you know, I don't, you're going to need more than that in Venezuela. Uh, right yeah, now. considerably. Uh, and th- unless it takes you four weeks to get out of the country because it's such a hellhole. Uh, they're talking about, uh, and of course, medicine is another big thing. Glenn talks about this a lot because it's not just food. It's not just, uh, you know, water. It's not just uh, even electricity and, and your basic needs. Medicine's a big deal. I mean, if, if, if a mm-hmm. country gets hit with a, a huge attack, if you're in the middle of a war, even uh, as you pointed out, Pat, in, in certain um, uh, natural disasters, you can't get, there's no pharmacies open either. Mm-hmm. So you can't get any of the medicine that you might need. And if you're someone who really needs something every single day, that can get challenging very fast. They're saying that uh, Venezuelan Geraldine Dill, who's 32 years old, uh, walked 125 miles to the Brazilian city of Boa Vista, hoping to find a job there so she can buy medicine for her 13-year-old daughter who has cancer. Oh, really, really sad stories. Uh, at the hospital in Pacarema, tiny border town of about 12,000 people in Brazil, 80% of the patients are from Venezuela. It, the, the crisis is really getting out of control there. Yeah. It's, However, the it's Venezuelan government is a pretty optimistic government. Uh, they, they're always looking on the bright side of things, you yeah. know, trying to turn, you try, turn a frown upside down, mm-hmm. as it were. You know, you turn lemons into, into lemonade. lemonade. Uh, that's what they do there. Mm-hmm. And they actually have a, a kind of an interesting campaign going on right now in oh, Venezuela. Yeah, watch. Oh, good. Are you overweight? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Big, giant, fat guy? You bet. Need to drop a ton or two and need to do it now? I mean, about a ton. (laughs) You don't need exercise. You don't need diet pills. You need to get away. You don't mean fat camp? No, you need to go to Venezuela. That's right, the socialist paradise of Venezuela, where you can starve, starve, starve the pounds away. Having a craving from the junk food aisle? Don't worry, there's nothing in the aisle or the store. Need one of life's necessities that capitalism has made commonplace for the rest of the world? Don't worry, it's not commonplace for you. Get ready to burn calories, walking miles and miles to dozens of markets just to find the most basic of needs. Finally locate some food for purchase? Don't worry, thanks to inflation, your money can't buy anything anyway. And even if you somehow get a chance to eat, you'll want to think twice before digesting. Because socialism has blessed Venezuela with only three rolls of toilet paper for the entire nation to share. Maybe those worthless Venezuelan dollars have some use after all. 
When living with the capitalist devils makes you look like this. Just six months in socialist Venezuela and you could look like this. It's the weight loss vacation location that you'll never want to leave. Also, you won't be able to leave because you'll almost definitely be murdered. Come to Venezuela where you literally can't break your diet. This message brought to you by the Tourism Board of Venezuela, who wish to clarify that this man does not actually live in Venezuela. <laughs> also, we don't want him here. And we seriously doubt the diet would work for him anyway, because he's so fat. <laughs> yeah. What they're saying there... I didn't Jeffy, hear the end of that, that before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what they're saying was that uh, you're... Um, Overweight. I mean, now, that so, was uh, acting. Yeah, no, you, you nailed that character. I will say, yeah, you did. The, he he you nailed did. the person who really needed to diet well. You really yeah. did. Man, you got that down. Your uh, your efforts at exercising in that video were interesting. Eh? Have you ever tried it before? Or what are you talking about? It didn't seem like you. It, it didn't seem like comfortable. You know, movements. It <laughs> wasn't supposed to be. That was the. Acting oh. part. Oh, wow, yeah, you did that. Did you really say you're well. athletically overweight? It didn't seem like maybe you had ever participated in an athletic. And I was told that that's what you wanted. Oh. It's part of the. Hmm. Hmm. I don't remember. Hmm. Well, you pulled Pretty it off. Script. Uh, More patents. Thank you. Coming up in a second here. Mm-hmm. We'll get back to it here in a second, in a minute or two. Jeffy found and felt like sharing with us so we don't have to talk, talk anymore. Okay, um, I got it. All right? What do you have? I got it. Yeah. It's National Prime Rib Day. All right? Tired mm-hmm. of seeing tweets and direct messages, emails, people leaving, texting me. I got it. I got it. And yet? And yet there's no prime rib here. No prime no rib. No prime Not rib. Not a prime rib in sight. So, yeah. Happy National Prime Rib Day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Last week, <clears throat> we showed you uh, the drug overdose numbers from uh, the article where we drew them out. Yeah, and it's gone from something like 8,000 a year to 52,000 a year kind of thing in, uh, since 1990, which is, you know, that's, it, it's it was, too many. It's it was too many. way too many. Too many. We do not have that chart. There it is. Yeah, that's the chart that we showed you last week. Yeah. That's uh, uh, pretty, fa- pretty fascinating. Now, okay. the opioid epidemic and the age divide. Uh, mm-hmm. Young Americans are overdosing on heroin, while older ones are continuing to overdose on the prescription drugs. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, They're ODing on prescription drugs? That, that was one of the points that people brought up, and it is true, oh. to, in reaction to our conversation last yeah. week, which was basically, hey, a lot of these deaths are coming from pres- prescription stuff, which is legal. So the yeah. making it legal or illegal might not be the cause here, um, which I think is a valid point. Well, you can see that, I mean, uh, Americans in their 50s and 60s overwhelmingly overdosed on prescription opioids. Americans in their 20s and 30s overdosed uh, on heroin. Which ones do you pr- I mean, uh, specialize in selling? The younger Americans are uh, dying from the heroin overdose. I mean, it's... Amazing. It is incredible. The numbers. Absolutely incredible. I mean, I, you know, because you hear about these things. We t- the, 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 uh, so the older Americans. Is that the next one? Yeah, here's the older yeah. ones, and you see that there. The older, the, uh, the difference between 
what we're seeing now and what we saw, like the crack epidemic, that was incredible when we did that uh, comparison a few weeks ago. And uh, it's, it's a lot worse. Uh, it's a, uh, spoiler alert. Mm. Right. Well, you know, the epidemic um, conversation usually is around West Virginia, Kentucky, rural Appalachia communities. Those are the communities that have been hardest hit. Um, but West Virginia, for instance, the drug overdose rate, uh, three times the national average, 41 Point five deaths there's, for every hundred. There's another thousand. state I think that's even well, worse. Well, Ohio is getting up there, and we'll get to those numbers. No, it was like New Hampshire, right? New Hampshire. Yeah. New Hampshire is a, is a big one for problem. the heroin. Yes, yeah. but when they're talking about these regions, and you'll see the Northeast is mm-hmm. at the tops where the heroin ER visits mm-hmm. vary by region, mm-hmm. and you'll see the Northeast is number one. Wow. I mean, uh, that's, we, we don't have that many in the South and West. No, we do not. Uh, you're looking at the Midwest, which is you know. West Virginia and Ohio, and then mm. there's your New Hampshire up in the Northeast, which is fascinating. Like now, of course, go ahead. Go, no, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go, go. You got more uh, to get. Um, yeah, I want to get uh, more people have died from prescription opioids than from heroin, mm. but uh, the regional variation is uh, growing and growing. Now, this is the um, uh, they're declining for the opioid ER visits. Right? But more drug overdose deaths now involve heroin than prescription painkillers right mm-hmm. now. That's, wow. I mean, that I, is I kinda th- and this unbelievable. Is a, I kind of honestly had the impression that heroin went away with the train spotting, that movie in the 90s. And I'll show you one more <laughs> when you see the Ohio, cool Illinois, there. Michigan for the deadly heroin problem. Ohio is wow. way up there with this. Now, uh, the professor... Uh, believes that uh, clamping down on pills won't be enough. Uh, the doctor can prescribe you the hydrocodone, but can't prescribe the treatment drugs like naloxone. So uh, you can get the drugs that kill you, but not the drugs that save you. It was an oddly informative you. Jeffy segment today. What, what, yeah, what was it really the was. purpose of that? <laughs> this is like what he really cares about. Look, it's drugs. We're taking this seriously. <laughs> Stu, Jeffy, 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Um, apparently, there's uh, the Last Jedi trailer uh, compared to the Force Awakens trailer. Um, is, is there some kind of discrepancy between the two? Is there some sort of uh, amazing technological advance Probably. from one to the other? Uh, I don't know why we're comparing these, but there's a comparison between Star Wars The Last Jedi teaser compared to clips from The Force Awakens. And we're about to see that. Perhaps this will explain it. Is it the same trailer, basically? <laughs> oh, my God. they actually identical. So They've far. done the yeah. same thing is what happened. Yeah. Yes, but I've got nothing to fight for. Now, reach out, dark side. 
and the light. Light. <laughs> it really does look similar. There are some similarities. I mean, that's his but, yeah, formula, a, right? I guess so, yeah. The balance. This Christmas. And they released it the same time, too. Oh, my God. These liars. They just made one movie. They made one movie, and they're releasing it twice. Look at people run in both of them. They shoot. There's planes and ships. They're both about things that happened somewhere else. (laughs) Long ago. Far away. Right? Yeah, Wars in the Stars. Hello. Kind of... I mean, I guess they're just basically... Yeah. Because this isn't the full trailer of The Force Awakens either. It's more clips of The Force Awakens, right? Yes. So, I'd say, but, I mean, there are obviously kind of a, lot of, yeah. so, so a lot of similarities for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of excited about it. Did you see that they announced the episode 9 release date now? Which is... No, really? Yeah. The, not this next one, but the one the after. following, right? Right. So, it goes 2017, wow. you get uh, cr- Christmas time, you get uh, episode 8. Then you get a spin-off Christmas Last Jedi. of, of, of then, 2018. And then uh, 2019. Han Solo. Right, Han Solo. Right. And then mm-hmm. 2019, right. not Christmas, but Memorial Day, you get the final. Really? Uh, yeah, the, the final Star Wars. Or, I mean, it's not the final Star Wars, but it's going to be episode 9, which then that will be the final one until episode 10 or episode 0. Mm-hmm. They'll, go, they'll give you more. They're, you're going to get more. You're going to get plenty. You're going to get 7B. You're going to get. Two, two C. Do you know that for sure? Yes, because it hasn't been announced. People like money; they're fans of it. Uh, and I don't blame them. No, uh, when, you're, <laughs> when you're making billions and billions of dollars off a off a movie franchise, well, why stop? And all you have to do is create. You just use the same formula for every trailer you pump out. Why yeah. not? Well, I, <laughs> why know, not? I, 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 this happens with shows a lot. Yes, I mean, it does. The, the Simpsons are a good yes, example of this right now. The Simpsons have been on for 697 years. Okay. And they keep making episodes. And you know what? When I turn on a Simpsons episode... Are they very what? similar? They're similar. And yeah. you know what? I, you, you know, know what, what you're getting. It's good, and I know what I'm getting. I'll is, it, you, is it appointment television for me anymore? No. No. There was a time where I caught the Simpsons, every single episode of The Simpsons, and never oh, missed McDonald's. one. McDonald's. Um, yeah, like, it's, mm-hmm. it's fine. And, and why, why shut it down? You're making a trillion dollars still. <laughs> as long as they're going to keep paying you, and you still enjoy it, and it's still... You're still pumping out some level of quality that you actually you think is it's a good product for people who enjoy it. Why stop? And I'll give you another example. Uh, the TV show 24. You talk about the same things happening mm-hmm. over and over and over again. That show is maybe the ultimate example because they, they have the same formula. They do, you know, you've got Jack Bauer or this new guy fighting against terrorism. The terrorists obviously seem like they, they're probably Muslim extremists at first, but then you find out that there's American involvement in there somewhere, either an American businessman who, and then probably somebody higher up in the government, somebody at CTU is a mole, uh, they got to uproot the mole, somebody gets, it used to be uh, Jack's daughter gets kidnapped every time, and, and then the bad guy makes Jack do illegal things that look really bad to CTU, they're trying to get him Law enforcement's trying to get him, and the terrorists are trying to kill him. And so you've got that element going, 
And it's the same thing every time. It's the same thing over and over and over and over. So would you advocate just continuing to make them? Because in the bottom line is you actually still kind of enjoyed that. I watched this year's uh, 24, so and I liked it. Um, You know, I was a little tired of the same things happening. And it almost made me give up on it, but I wrote it out. And there were only 12 episodes. I did this because there was one season that I missed on the 24 in the Keeper Sutherland years. And I went back like five, it's seemingly five years later. And watched, just, I was on a plane, and I'm like, I should just, I don't know, give it a chance. I didn't watch that season. It was fine. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't as dynamic as the first season, obviously, but you know what? I got enjoyment out of it. I was intrigued in the moment. Mm -hmm. It did its job. Mm -hmm. And, you know, usually the limiting principle of these uh, runs are the salaries. Uh, because, you know, you, you get to a point where there's so many stars you, and they've all got they've been able to get raises as the sh- series got more and more successful. And as it comes down in popularity, those people don't want to get pay cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it winds up being it winds up being difficult to maintain the structure. Um, it, it, and so far, The Simpsons has been able to do that. And Law and & Order, too. You, know, and you order. think about Law & Order mm-hmm. now, what they did is then they put it into syndication. So all the stars that either left or mm-hmm. died or whatever or, or stuck around... That were making the big salaries, Law and Order was still making the money on syndication to be able to pay him for the new episodes. Yeah, I mean that was a that that franchise is. Oh, it's that, the way that that business is structured is so strange. It, I was listening to an interview with uh, Louis C.K., a uh, comedian, um, who he had a show called Louis on FX that he did for I think five seasons, uh, which is a good show. It's it's a it's different than anything really I've ever seen on television. But it was you know he's he's one of these guys that I think that really cares about the quality. Um, so he started a new show. Uh, of his that was only like a 10 episode run um and i don't remember the name of it i haven't seen it yet anyone seen that Hor- no it's horace and horace and pete horace and something like that i don't know but he and it had big names all these big name actresses and, uh, mm-hmm. and actors in it um and he just released it on his own just selling the episodes owns it from beginning to end and he was describing uh it was on the bill simmons pod, uh, podcast from it was a while ago but uh, he was describing basically how the business works for him. And it's like he put all this money into it. He built the show and it's coming out and the sales won't pay for it. And he knows that going in. Like he's kind of obviously you're hopeful. But like it's not until he eventually down the road sells it to Netflix or to FX or whatever else later on. And then it gets it's a, which is essentially it's a second run. It reruns. Right. Like he basically mm-hmm. had no chance of paying for it with the initial run. And that was part mm-hmm. of the plan. It's such a weird business mm. to be in because you go into it, it's like, you know, you spend all this money up front, and then it takes a really long time to get the money back. Yeah. You look at that but, law, but once you get it back, everything's profit, and, and yeah, that's right. a nice place to and be. And the in. Louis C.K. show is Horace and Pete. Horace but and Pete. the but the Law and Order franchise, I mean, they broke off to you know Law and Order Criminal Intent, oh, yeah. which was there that mm-hmm. was stuck around for maybe three four years, maybe five. I'm not sure. I don't remember. That was uh, with um, ah. Stupid name now, but uh, Bill. Yes, Bill. Yes, Bill was he was a bad guy. Eric and, and um, Stanley. SVU. Mm-hmm. I mean, that one's been on forever as Special well as the regular unit. Law and Order. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, and again, that's one of the more disturbing things in our culture is Law and Order SVU. I mean, <laughs> it's a rape every week. It's right? literally a well, rape every single episode at the beginning of it. Weird, and, and it's like. I, I don't know. Why, again, I don't know why this, there is this weird distinction of like you know. There's a lot of shows that start with murders, um, so like I yeah, get I it. Love it. But it's just weird that like one of the most popular things in American culture is watching usually a woman get brutally raped 
and then who did it? It's like, and then the discussion of the the ex, the weird evidence yeah, they everything. find all over the people, and it, it, it's not it's not it really shouldn't be something that you watch for entertainment. However, it is, and and the show's good. I mean, they do a good job with it, but it's like it's weird that like you know what we need is not a not about crime, not a, not a show about crime, but a show about this specific type of crime <laughs> in which we will lead every episode with a brutal rape. I mean, it's weird. Yeah, that is strange. It's a strange premise. Weird. And every so often we'll have a few episodes, like, I don't know, four or five episodes that just focus on the same person serial raping and how he's, get, how he got, he's gotten away with it all these really? years. Really? You know, oh, I, yeah, I mean, it's I, I, My experience with that show comes in an odd way in that I don't, I've never really... I like Law & Order generally. Like, I like those shows. I like how they're self-contained in an hour and you, you don't know, have to watch the whole series That's why the syndication like works great, man. It works great because you can hop in and hop out in yep. one hour and you're done. Um, so I really like that. So uh, I was uh, actually in the hospital, uh, not not myself, but there for a relative uh, for like an entire day sitting in the waiting room type of thing. It was like for, for like a whole weekend. It's all the air on like USA <laughs> Network or something. It's like SVU <laughs> over and over and over again. So you're sitting there for so many hours. I mean, it's there's like, several. Rape, rape, rape. There's several networks, I think, that actually got their start. Just playing Law Just playing that stuff. So that they could create enough client list and advertisers to be able to break off and get other shows. And A lot of networks are like that. I mean, like, uh, Cartoon Network was like that with Family Guy. Really, yeah. like, it wasn't nothing, not much of anything. And then they started running Family Guy repeats. And now they have all this original programming because so many people are yeah. there. Uh, Adult Swim, that part of it. It's, it's a weird, it's, it's a strange it sure freaking business, man. Yeah. It is a yeah. strange business. I can understand. I mean, I, you know, we saw this with ESPN yesterday. I mean, Oof. huge layoffs for ESPN. A hundred, a hundred air personalities. Yeah. Well, I mean, Were two, they all well, air personalities? Mostly. Two or three years ago, they did a bunch uh, wow. of the uh, the workers right around the country, and they closed some, some offices around the country. I mean, we were the benefit of some of that here, in fact, at The Blaze, because yeah. there were a couple people that worked at the local ESPN. Oh, really? But Trent Dilfer was one of them, uh, yeah, probably the highest profile because he's a Super Bowl quarterback, yeah. and, th- and they dumped him. He was a big Good. one, yeah. Danny Cannell, who was one of their college guys. Oh, did Danny Cannell yep. get fired? He got fired. Did uh, he really? Jason Stark, who's been there forever. Yeah, Jason yeah. Stark. Uh, yeah, as one yeah. of their big reporters. Wow. I mean, there, it was a lot of people. But you wonder, like, again, you build a network into a place in which it has 100 air personalities. Then and when your business of- changes a little bit, it's hard to maintain the structure. Yeah. I mean, you know. Well, they're the ones that are spending $18 billion to broadcast a football game instead of cutting it back a little. I don't know, though. I mean, I think, because I've heard this uh, argument. Do, do you not spend the one, what is it, billions of dollars on the whatever NBA? It was, which is like was, not the, you know, like, it's not like the, the NFL, you could spend probably any amount of money on. But like the NBA, it's not a, as big a passion sport right, right. Um, as, in this country at this point. Um, you don't get the huge ratings with it, et cetera. But why else are you going to TV? They know the people are cutting the cord. They're losing tons of subscribers. <clears throat> what do you do? Live sports is the only thing you go to TV for. Mm-hmm. for. At least a lot of people are like that. I don't know. I don't know what you do. Well, you lay off 100, I guess. Yeah, and that's and yeah they, because that's then you have, did. I mean, with the NFL, uh, I don't know about the NBA, but uh, the NFL and so many uh, college leagues having their own networks, man, that cut into ESPN's corner. As well, yeah. yeah. Um, ESPN, by the way, uh, an interesting part of this National Review had a story, and, and this was a lot, in a lot of places yesterday about how it's not just that people are cutting the cord. First of all, they're cutting the cord partially right. because of ESPN turning into as they, as they refer yes. to it here, MSESPN. Yeah, you know, yes, it is turning right. into like they started the um, 
Uh, Tell us some sports. Well, here, here's a, here, let me give you this. This is from um, uh, the blog Outkick the Coverage, which is a sports blog. People being fired at ESPN today are not being fired because they are bad at their jobs. They're being fired because ESPN business, ESPN's business is collapsing. That collapse has been aided by ESPN's absurd decision to turn into MSESPN, a left-wing sports network. Right. But that's more of a symptom of the collapse than it is the cause of the collapse. ESPN's business is collapsing, and the network is desperately trying to find a way to stay above water. You know how a drowning person flails in the water before slipping under? ESPN's left-wing shift is that flailing. They think going left will save them. The reality is the opposite. ESPN going left uh, is like giving a drowning person a big rock to hold on to and thinking it would keep them from drowning. Instead, it made them sink even faster. And they've had enough warning about that. I mean, they should be smart enough to be able to see that. They're not, though. Yeah, they're Uh, not. Middle America wants to pop a beer and listen to sports talk. They don't want to be lectured about why Caitlyn Jenner is a hero, Michael Sam is the new Jackie Robinson of sports, and Colin Kaepernick is the Rosa Parks of football. Thank you. ESPN made the mistake of trying to make liberal social media losers happy, and as a result, lost millions of viewers. Wow, that's great. That's great. That's it's a, true. That's great I feel analysis. that way often. It's um, true. Uh, th- there's it's another. True. The ESPN public viewer, um, the, or the, uh, uh, the ombudsman, mm-hmm. or whatever the heck they're called, um, did a column too. E- let's face it, ESPN is not sticking to sports. Yeah. This is the ESPN people saying this, wow. and they're saying, you know, they were advocating, and it's like, well, you know, maybe this might be a good thing. But they're talking about uh, a um, the uh, undefeated, which is a like a liberal race-based sports publication, mm-hmm. um, and then also Five Thirty Eight, which I really like, and to me is not associated really with ESPN even though they're under the same umbrella, kind of, because they're really a, they're the people that do the political, sort of political sports and stats analysis. But a lot of it is stats. We featured one of their stories here a couple weeks ago when they talked about the goose egg, their new measure of this instead of the save, because the save is, is not an appropriate statistic anymore. Mm-hmm. And then they do a lot of that stuff, which I find to be interesting. But, I mean, again, if you don't like politics and you turn it on, you see a story about Trump's chances to win, maybe you're annoyed by that. Um, you know, so it's it's not a good idea to mix those things like they are. Outside the Lines was always a standout program on ESPN because of the fact it was outside the lines. It was this thing where they aired it was once a week, mm-hmm. and they took on that big kind of outside of the sports world sports story. It was related to sports, but it was kind of the culture. Yeah. Now, Outside the Lines went daily. They, and now every show talks about that stuff all the time. Every time I turn that on, I can't get any sports information anymore. It's very difficult. It's like MTV. You know, you can't watch videos. It's sort of the same complaint, and I think they're embracing that. And, and I don't sadly, think it's work. the Danny Cannells of the world are the ones paying for it. When they're not doing it. I mean, I, I've never seen Danny Cannell do anything yeah. uh, uh, political. In in his announcing. And it should be said that people who do get political, who do get cultural, but they're on the wrong side of it, are like Kurt Schilling, for example, yeah, right. get booted. Yes. So it's not just yeah. they want culture, they want politics. If they want a specific uh, want brand in a specific way. That's right. And, you know, it's just not a good idea. Not at all. 888-727-BECKMORE. Patents, too, coming up in a second. But you can take a positive step toward uh, being able to take care of yourself and your family with My Patriot Supply. Uh, really easy to prepare, delicious food, things like fettuccine Alfredo and, and emergency pizza and puddings and it's just really good food. Mm-hmm. Get four weeks puddings? of it. Yeah, puddings. Several types of pudding, puddings. Jeffy. Get four weeks of it, Jeffy, for just $99 and the shipping is free. 
There is pudding in there I somewhere. I got to dig around some of the stuff I want. There's pudding. There's like a you know a nuclear holocaust in Jeffy's family. He's like, where's the pudding? It's all gone. <laughs> and he ate all the pudding, guys. Um, but, uh, the, uh, the this is we talked about this a little bit earlier today. Uh, if you missed uh, the first hour, you can kind of go back to it. But it is something you need to do. I mean, look at North Korea tonight at mm. 5 p.m. on the uh, on the network here. Glenn is going to be doing a special on the North Korean crisis and like what's going on there. And forget the fact that like. You know, if you care about people in South Korea, if you care about people in Japan, those are all really important things and the most important thing. But even if we never get hit with anything from North Korea, if they hit South Korea, if they hit Japan, the entire economy is going to be in for serious disaster. And we're going to be dealing with that part of it. And you'll have supply problems. You'll you'll have have supply problems. Exactly. You just will. Yeah, you will. So why not prepare for it? And if, you know, look, if nothing comes, what's the downside? You have four weeks of delicious food for ninety nine dollars, which That's is awesome. better you're gonna do at the grocery store. Yeah. So why not take a chance on this and, and, and prepare yourself? Eight 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 four eleven fifty two ninety or prepare with the blaze dot com. It's eight 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 four eleven fifty two ninety or prepare with the blaze dot com. A bunch hey. of cool stuff we skipped over today. Uh, yeah, we've skipped a lot of stuff. Um, we, we skipped Mastodon bone findings. <clears throat> we uh, did. I'm told that that could upend our understanding of human history. Now, how is that possible? Because I thought we oh, knew no. everything. Science is settled. We heard from science that, scientists that this was settled, and we all know that we came up a certain way, mm-hmm. right? Don't be telling me there's something different now because scientists can't be wrong. Can they? I don't think so. I mean, if the, if it's not settled science, I don't know how to think anymore. I don't know what to do. They've dug up 130,000-year-old skeletons that look like it was smashed apart by humans, but they were found in America where people were not supposed to have arrived for another 100,000 years. <laughs> hmm. All how right, well, this have happened? Let's watch. <clears throat> let's see. This is a rib that was shown from the first trip. Bones from 130,000-year-old mastodon. Could rewrite the history of humans in America. All right. Bones look to be broken by human tools, which poses a mystery. Because the bones date back to 100,000 years before we thought humans arrived in North America. Hmm. Previous theories say humans arrived in the Americas only 15,000 years ago. <clears throat> Interesting. And yet, there's a bunch of bones. And consensus. by the way, there's consensus. Mm-hmm. Right, there was consensus on dinosaurs. There was consensus on yep. Piltdown Man. There was consensus... <laughs> consensus on all this stuff and then we find out oh no never mind not not so much i want a t-shirt made of you talking about piltdown man that's how much i love it (laughs) i would actually wear that around it's like it's like did you know the story of piltdown Piltdown man Man. um let's go to the motorcycle from honda it's a self-balancing motorcycle that never falls over watch like a weeble right they wobble but they don't fall over correct what wait Okay, this can't be. Right? This can't be. That's, yeah, a, but that's it's not a, real. It's a little crotch rocket, man. Those things are deadly. Well, at least you won't fall over. That's yeah. really... What? That is really weird. Oh, so you get a pet motorcycle? <laughs> yeah, because it can follow you around. <laughs> How long until people right are the marrying their motorcycle? Right? Not very long. Jeffy's probably intending to do that right now. I mean, I'm not really crazy about that particular color, but... <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, you racist. Um, and uh, let's, uh, let's go to this uh, before we go to break here. And we have spoons today. It's soda week. 
I think we got some Hanks today, which I'm very excited oh, about. Oh, soda? Very excited Seems about. Seems like it's always soda or chips, right? It's true. It's it's soda. Soda. It's soda on Soda today? Week, it's, it's actually never chips. It's always soda. <laughs> That's the way Soda Week would work. Um, but uh, When are we having Prime Rib Week? Because it's is, National Prime Rib Day. It is. When is Steak Week? It That's is. what I want to know. Uh, Wisconsin TV station uh, had some pranksters uh, get on their uh, show, and uh, now there's a lawsuit involved. Let's watch it. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. You're watching Hello, Wisconsin. Hello, Wisconsin. This is WEAU 13 News. I've been waiting for this all show long. I know. I'm I bet excited. You have. So, strongman duo Chop and Steel are here in <laughs> studio. Strongman duo Chop and Steel are here talking about their tour. Give thanks for strength. Well, an impressive feat by our strongman duo and what they're doing to educate people that is coming up. <laughs> you can still do all these uh, strongman tricks from just stuff you find around your house and around the around your yard or whatever so that's not what in good to shape you. at all but, uh, these guys just <laughs> could not be let's get to so some let's... of the action right now yeah. and we're gonna go ready nope one two three four five six seven eight nine ten we found some sticks actually in your, in your parking lot. And, this is uh, all it takes. We're going to reverse roles here. Okay. I'm Chop, but this time he's going to be doing the chopping. Okay, these sounds are, good. Normally you say, don't try this at home. Go ahead and try these at home. Okay. Right, <laughs> he's chopping paper? No, sticks. No, sticks. sticks. Oh, sticks. <laughs> <laughs> you know the local news big. guy. The local news guys go. Why am I doing okay, this? So, job? One. Why are they allowing this to go on so long? Because <laughs> I got uh, three. Stu. Four, four. Good morning, Wisconsin. It's got they got time to fill, bro. This is amazing. Um, That's great. I, I, I got to see more of this. Oh, uh, you got to love small market television. You sure do. Oh, so you good. have That's to love stuff. small market we, TV. Like, people that you have to <laughs> let life bounce off of you. Yep, That's right. So great. And so we are going to do just that literally in the literal sense. Okay. So yeah, again, this is one you don't want to try at home unless you got you know unless you feel like you can really pull it off. Why don't you lift up your shirt in the back here? We <laughs> built up quite a callus out here, so we just go one, two, okay. Three. Why would oh, anyone <laughs> believe this? Six. How are you doing over there? I've been better. Six. Six. I've been Seven. better. So what are they, what's the deal with these dickleberries now? 22. Well, hold on. 23. 24. We're learning here, Jeffy. 26. I apologize. I know, we're learning exercise, don't we? You can see that while well, he's flexing there, that if you do this at home, you, it's working all your, it's your delts, your tries, your plaps, it's all the your major plaps. checks. <laughs> 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 just a basic towel holder that you would have in your back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like this it is fantastic. Were they out for a week? What is this? really pulling it off. And the anchors are going along with it. I can do double duty with this They got nothing else. They don't go along with it. They got to fill the time. Bring Zubaz pants. Chop and steal. You guys are performing Monday in Allentown. You can go to their website. I think the girl knows. The show on Monday, that one probably isn't, what's on the website probably isn't going to be what's where it's actually going to be. Okay. A lot of the times we will play. <laughs> well, no, no, no. If, if we don't play that, then we usually play like a Home Depot parking lot. There okay. you go. Or a Best right, Buy so parking lot. stuff on the website probably isn't where we're going to be playing. Um, that's good <laughs> stuff. <laughs> this is amazing. That is unbelievable. So they're pissed off about it, apparently. Who? The um, station? The station oh. is <laughs> suing now. Crazy. What? Uh, they're suing Chop and Steel? 
No, yeah, come on. Apparently, uh, don't they, say that. They said uh, no. they, their goal was to use their <laughs> muscles to entertain and educate and claim to have appeared on America's Got Talent. Steve Harvey in a Disneyland station was not amused uh, when the air, uh, pair got on the air and discussed violent outbursts when he was prone. He was prone to while abusing steroids and his wealthy upbringing. Why don't we have that? I want to let you know what that no, um, tip was. And while Steele discussed his body image issues and his impoverished upbringing. Morning show host did not seem quite uh, to know quite what to make of the duo, but managed to keep a straight straight face. Uh, well, com- yeah, because they bought into it. I think yeah. they totally bought that. In the beginning, they that. did. In they, the beginning, yeah. they absolutely. I think did. maybe the girl knew at the end, but I, I don't think the male anchor knew. I mean, I think they, I think they fooled them the whole time. Otherwise, you put a stop to it, right? You say, yeah, okay. all right, all right. Yeah, that, this is funny, Thanks. but uh, we're going to move on. Uh, yeah. You know. yeah. Um, and so, uh, I don't know what, I mean, they're, That's the, is, that really, is that really a lawsuit? Come on, come uh, on. No. That can't be real. No. I mean, that's what you know. What this has happened to us before. Uh, people will call up and try to prank us, and what we say is, "Come on, that can't be real." Yeah, uh, and you don't that's know, right. but right. I mean, at least at least no, you're 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 issuing your uh, opposition or at least a suspicion. Do we know what town this is? What what town in Wisconsin? I mean, is the it? lawsuit could be brought be uh, put in the news from Chop and Steel to gain more uh, more recognition. I could be. I could be. Is it Eau Claire? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, all right. Uh, amazing. 888-727-BECK is our phone number. We're going to be back in just a minute. Actually, Jeffy's <laughs> a giant prank from someone. Is that true? You're on the. You're just a giant prank from some... And we've been pranked it. for like 15 <laughs> years. <laughs> no. That's a, that's a powerful buildup. Powerful. There. This weekend, powerful. Uh, Friday night, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, mm-hmm. and then on demand at theblaze.com slash TV. Okay. Uh, watch it, because uh, we'll see the truth oh. about Alex Jones for the first time. But if I don't make it at 8. You can watch it on demand. Okay, good. Whew. Mm-hmm. I don't want to mm-hmm. miss it. Yeah. You, well, you don't want to miss it, considering you look mm-hmm. almost identical to Alex Jones, except slightly <laughs> more attractive. <laughs> uh, welcome to Spoons. It's Soda Week. Um, every uh, day this week, we've done a different uh, soda. Today, we have like three from... Year. No, this week. It's Soda Week. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, Hank's Soda, which is uh, one of our favorite sodas. On, I, maybe our favorite soda on the I planet. Think so. We love it. Hank's, I think it's the best part. I think so, too. So Pardon. freaking good. Yeah, so in good. fact, this all started... Our, uh, is We were on this show talking about uh, sodas, which you'd think... Hey, aren't you a show that's on a kind of a news network? Why were you talking about sodas? And I, I refer to uh, Hank's Diet Root Beer as my favorite diet root beer on the market, which is a big deal for me. As you know, I'm a soda connoisseur. Um, and so uh, today we have three different flavors, including one. I don't think it's ever been, uh, you know, uh, I don't think it's on the market yet. Uh, oh. Their new grape soda. Uh, oh, it and smells we, good, too. Oh, so we've got orange cream, root beer, and grape, which I'm pretty excited about. Mm. So uh, what should we start should with we start here? with root the beer? grape? Start with this is brand new. All right, so there it's grape. Grape, ooh, it's a nice, it smells very grapey. Really grapey flavor. It like does. The, mm-hmm, the uh, very candy kind of flavor to it, or a, a scent to it, excuse me. 
Mmm, that's good. That's good grape. <clears throat> yeah, that is really good grape. I, I, grape is not my favorite soda. No, me neither. Uh, that's pretty but good. that is but a that's really good. good one. Yeah. As far as grape goes, that's really good grape. Now, orange mm. cream. This is probably my favorite drink on the oh, planet. Yeah. yeah, you love the orange Hank's cream. Hank's orange cream is is. Oh, it smells like a creamsicle. It does. Mm. Oh, it smells like God. an orange creamsicle. It does. So good. It's good. Really good. And it tastes like an orange creamsicle. It is so delicious. Oh, That's really good, My too. gosh, this is good. Mm. Really good. And um, That's an 18. 18. That's an 18 wow. A rare yeah. 18 on a 1 to 18 scale from yeah, Pat on the orange cream. definite 18. Here's the... Uh, oh, the root beer now. Can root beer. The root beer. Their diet root beer is utterly fantastic. Um, oh, that's really good. Well, that is good. Wow, these are all fantastic. Mm. Oh, yeah. Very similar. Actually, the diet is uh, very similar. In the, there's some quality. It's got a nice to it. little bite to it. Yeah, there's yes, two, it does. There's two ways you go with root beer. You have the overly creamy one and kind of like the, the one that kind of cuts through. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I, I like Hank's the best because it, it's the it kind of kind of cuts. Through. It does it kind of yeah, like, stings more, your tongue a little bit? Stings it's your good. tongue. It's a little. Fr- it's like fresh mm. and crisp. Uh-huh. I really like it. I got to say, yep. all these are great. Um, I, I've already. Uh, I mean, the diet root beer to me is already an eighteen. Um, that's an absolute, <laughs> uh, no doubt about it. These are all great. I mean, the grape one this is one of the best grape sodas I've ever. Probably one of the best grape sodas I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Yeah. Now, inexplicably. We have ice cream. Well, you can't have soda without <laughs> ice cream for floats. <laughs> for some well, reason. I will say, for root beer, it makes a lot of sense. A mm-hmm. root beer float, classic. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, that is classic. Mm. And I'm having that right now. We cannot say enough about... The uh, orange? The, and the, uh, oh, I'm yeah. And the orange is, is built in, right? Oh, like, my gosh. You've actually... It's almost a float without even putting ice cream in it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's so creamy. The orange is so oh. creamy. You'll, it all, it's almost like you're drinking uh, ice cream to begin with. Except you're not. And then with the uh, ice cream actually in it. Good point, Jeffy. Really good. <laughs> now, is there such a thing as a grape float? I've never there heard is of now. a grape float. Oh, this is this is all an 18. Across the board. I mean, mm-hmm. across the board. There's no, you cannot do better than that. Uh, there's no voting on any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's across it's the board. You, really good. You've never given a vote on anything. The entire time we've been doing this segment, you've never actually given a rating. It's across the board. <laughs> Top rating. A grape float is a... There's something about a nice fruit flavor with that little bit of like creamy uh, hint to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you got the strawberries and cream, peaches and cream, uh, this creamsicle. The grape thing? I don't know. I'm trying to see if it works. You like it with the grape? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good, it's, it would, I, you, know, you wouldn't think necessarily it was at the top of the list, grape with, a, with ice cream, but it actually works really well. <clears throat> That's really good. I'm going to say we love Hanks. Pretty All right. good. Uh, fantastic sodas. Uh, I don't know. I, I will say I don't actually know if the grape ones on the market yet. I know it's their newest flavor, um, but I don't know if it's actually. Did we actually market. get something before it came on the market? That's I think very so. Rare. That's it's not. Cool. It's not pictured on their website yet. Wow. Mm, so we're breaking news here. Nice. Uh, Hanks is available. It's in a, uh, certainly. It's definitely here in Texas. Where we discovered it, however, was uh, I, or I discovered it was back in back Philadelphia, east, right? Yeah. Oh, here it is. Frank uh, Gourmet mm. Grape Soda. Mm. Really good. That's great. All right. All right. Ooh. Did you have another story, Jeffy, you were going to share? So good. In the remaining time. This story has been sitting uh, in the pile mm. all week. I, I think it's fake. I've heard it now all over at different stations, different networks, different people talking about it. I think it's fake news. Okay. Really? 
Wild yeah. boars overrun Islamic State position, kill three militants. I've seen, no, I've, I've, I've seen that too. I've, I've seen, seen it everywhere. Too. I think it's real. I think it's fake. You, you know what? I've uh, so I here's USA real. Today with the headline. Uh, I put it up on the Facebook page yesterday. <laughs> I've seen it all over the place. And people everywhere. Are, people are saying basically like, here's the pig's revenge. Right, right. Like, you know, uh, the unclean animal has Three Islamic State militants setting up an ambush in a bitterly contested area of northern Iraq. They get killed attacked and by killed. a herd of stampeding boars. I gotta Come get, on. I got to give you some credit Come here, on. Jeffy. I got to give you credit as much as I hate doing it. <laughs> you know, you're right. It, it does strike me. As it could be fake. I, you know, when I first saw it, I saw it in so many places. And, and everybody's so happy. Yeah. I'll teach them to be drop bacon on them. Right. Uh, Everyone's making the same jokes. It's too easy. Right. And you know what we're going to find out? It's Chop and Steel who planted that story. <laughs> Chop and Steel. <laughs> I want to believe it. I'm going I, I, I to believe it. I know. That's the problem, right? I, I want to believe it. I'm going to believe it. I do believe it. <laughs> that's what, don't they call it too good to check? Isn't that... Uh, it's too yeah, good it's to too check. Too good to check. Just let it go. Let it go. It's supposed to be that way. It's too good to check. So what, can you give us the actual details of the story? Maybe we can detect whether it's real or fake out of it. All right, the chief of the local uh, tribe and supervisor of anti-ISIS forces told the Times of London the militants were hiding on the edge of the field about 50 miles southwest of Kirkuk when the Boers overwhelmed them Sunday. Five other militants were injured. (laughs) Come Come on, on. it can't be real. He said the group was poised to attack a band of local tribesmen who had fled to nearby mountains since the militants seized the town three years ago. It's likely the movement disturbed the herd of wild pigs which inhabit the area as well as the nearby cornfields. Do they not have guns? No, not when, when you get first. Uh, first of all, I mean, if, if it's if there's actually uh, a bunch of them, yeah. I mean, boars are mean, rotten, nasty. Oh yeah, I sometimes. have heard yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you got you got to take them down. Now, maybe the ISIS militants had single shot weapons and couldn't bring them all down at once and got stampeded. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, I stick with. Fake story. Fake news. It does sort of feel like it's too good to be true, right? I mean, yes. the fact that a bunch of wild boars would overrun ISIS <laughs> is just too good. Maybe we should stop dropping them. We start dropping them out of planes instead of, you know, uh, these missiles and bombs that are $150,000 a piece. I mean, I'm a, a boar, huge fan of that. Of, just set loose the boars. Yeah. Just set them loose. And, uh, Huge fan of that. Yeah, I like that. If you see uh, boars amassing on the North Korean border, <laughs> <laughs> be ready. It's, uh, it could happen at any time. All right, triple eight seven two seven back eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. Here's a boar coming up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Eventually. Eventually. Oh, I still got a little root beer ice. More root beer. Oh. Uh, all three bottles of Hanks are empty. Empty. We polished them off. Yes, yeah. that's us. Um, so Glenn has a big special tonight on uh, North Korea and all the ramifications, everything that can happen there. It's going to be great. 5 p.m. on his show. Uh, last night he talked about it a little bit as well. Let's give you a little bit of a preview here on what could happen in North Korea. So now we have more problems uh, around the world. Iran is now starting to harass our Navy uh, with the little speedboats, I think. Yeah, as um, fast aircraft approached within 1,000 thousand yards of the USS Mahan, 
Um, they also had weapons trained, so I mean, this is nothing new, really. These attacks started, or these provocations died down last year significantly. Um, I don't know if they're going to start picking back up again, but it's something to watch because typically when we get focused on another part of the world militarily, Iran always tests to see how we're going mm-hmm. to respond right in the middle of that in the Persian Gulf. That's something they train for constantly. It's like a lever, a lever that they can push. They're always looking to say, uh, to show or take advantage and fully take control of the Persian Gulf. So if we do, let's say, kick off something big, let's say in the Southeast China Sea somewhere, North Korea, um, I would not be surprised at all if Iran fully mobilizes in the Persian Gulf. Just can to we see do we both? Can. can we do both? We can do both, but if we're talking about the type of war that we're looking at in North Korea, we're going to need at least five aircraft carriers, which is going to leave not that much to divert to the Persian Gulf. We'd be stretched crazy wow. thin. We could probably pull it off, but that's probably exactly what they want to see is how we pull it off. Jeez. What's, what's the advantage to them with the speed boats? Is that just because they have to pay attention to every boat that's out there and it's a constant distraction? Yeah, so they can't handle our, our symmetrical warfare. They have to do it asymmetrically. Okay. So they've been testing ways to do it to because okay. they, they can't match us technolo- technology for mm-hmm. technology and equipment for equipment. So they apparently have come up with electronic warfare, uh, swarming techniques with multiple, you know, hundreds it's of It's more about ships. them finding holes in our defense. Right. I feel like that's them actually practicing war games with us without us being... Did you guys... Very good analogy. Sounds like... Exactly did what the doing. two of you guys ever watch Johnny Quest? <laughs> I mean, that speedboat with Johnny Quest and the Haji and Bandit, I mean, that was pretty effective. <laughs> I remember uh, Momar Kadashi doing it all the way back in the day. Mm-hmm. He had sent, Libya had sent the speedboats out there to test yep. I mean, back in the Reagan administration. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> let me change, we'll stay on war here a bit. Let me change to um, North Korea. First of all, on this program uh, tomorrow, I'm going to do an episode with a chalkboard, and I think we have a couple of experts coming in as well on North Korea to really give you the full rundown uh, on what is happening and what does war look like uh, and, um, and, and how does that change the world. That's tomorrow at 5 o'clock on this program. That sounds like a really interesting program, but according to one journalist that I was reading, he was saying that you would be just duping the American people into um, war with North Korea. You mean people like uh, me, not not me. That you in the media, if you're doing anything on North Korea, he didn't single you out. He said the media is just taking these sort of orders from Trump to drum up interest in North Korea. He said leave me no orders from Trump are coming. <laughs> he said that uh, Trump wants to go into North Korea that he um, he needs the support of the American people though and in order to do that the, the media has to be talking about it. But okay, well you're not going to get you're not going to get an approval from me if you watch tomorrow's show. You're going to see how deadly this is. I mean, you know, we're talking at least a million dead in the first three days. He said, and and he actually brings that up too. He said, if we go, there's massive repercussions. But he was saying that, um, that, that nothing has happened new with North Korea in the last few months. Does he reference any actual intelligence on any of this? Uh, no, I don't. I think he's going, he's, <laughs> I think he's referencing a New York Times. You, read, you know, it's really I'm interesting. You. I'm, I'm hitting a lot of people that talk about this stuff that have no idea what they're talking right. about. Right, well, that's what, that's, I'm interested to see the show tomorrow to see, you know, I mean, because yeah, North Korea has been flexing their muscles. They've been is, trying to say, it look. Is, 
it's really interesting to, because I've always, you know, I've looked at the war games, I've looked at, you know, how things are shaping up around the world, and I've had a pretty good gut and a pretty good record of how things are going to go. And then I talked to Jason, who has, you know, an, uh, expertise in military intelligence. And, uh, I mean, I don't know how you live with your your God-given paranoia. I know, that's something we here. But, I mean, that's why you were who you were. You, you look at everything twice and say, is that really what's going on here? And, uh, I mean, I don't know what's going on here, but I don't know of a good answer to what's, this. What scares me about North Korea is that in, in the media, and this guy should have known, that even President Obama himself said this is getting out of hand, and he, so that's one of the first things he told Trump. You're going to have to deal with this. did that on purpose. Hmm. Now, the, the scary part is, is that this, for, we've never actually, I, don't, I can't think of a time when we faced a nation state that has had a nuclear weapon and has actually threatened people to use it and has the ability to use it. He will use well, it. And he's We've never like had that before. Not so enough. Most people might make threats. Most leaders will make threats. And, and you know they're serious to a certain level, but they're, he's crazy. No, Where, yeah, no. Iran, you, I believe Iran is not crazy. I believe Iran is, um, they are religiously convinced right. that it would be in Allah's best interest to wash the world in blood. They will absolutely do it. I think North Korea, I think Kim Jong-un is He's insane. nuts. He's nuts. Yeah. He actually believes he can win. So the difference there versus Cold War era or any of these other countries, that was mutual assured mutual destruct. destruction. Right. Now you've got and there crazy was strategy and religious to zealot. It. Yeah. You have, you no have the religious zealot who wants the destruction. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. that's, that's stated in their philosophy. They believe if we set the world on fire, the Messiah will come. Mm-hmm. So they will absolutely do it. And this guy is just nuts enough to think that he can launch eight missiles and somehow or another, he's going to win. Yeah. In, in terms of the nuclear weapon uh, angle on this, is before there was a massive buildup of nuclear weapons with the sole intent of never, ever having to use them. Mm-hmm. So we're going to gather up a thousand nuclear weapons, you're going to gather up a thousand nuclear weapons, but we're, we, we both pretty much agree that no one's ever going to have to use these. We build them so we don't have to use them. Mm-hmm. We're entering a completely new era now where there's nations like Iran, North Korea. They're building them to use them. Right. Completely different, and we've yeah. never seen. When this you look at, if you read Keith Albeck's book, um, I don't remember what it's called, but it's on biological warfare, and it came out. He was a defector from the USSR, and he was the guy who weaponized Ebola for mm. the USSR. And he said, "We never understood the United States when you were when you were doing your biological testing." He said, "We were looking for things that didn't have a cure." He said, because that's where the real threat is. Mm -hmm. He said, you guys would only weaponize things that had cures. Um, He said, we were going for maximum impact. Well, as much as I appreciate their go-to-it attitude, (laughs) um, you know, the, the idea behind the weapons program in America and over there was, we want them to know that if you do something to us, we'll release it and all of us will die. Mm-hmm. All of us will die. And nobody wants to die. You're getting into situations now with people who want to die. Yep. Speaking of people that want to die in unconventional warfare, um, I was just reading the story, and I, have, I don't have a whole lot of insight into this, but I just have to put it out there. There's a coalition against ISIS right now, 
And apparently God has joined that coalition and he weaponized wild pigs to trample down and destroy three ISIS fighters. Please tell me we have video. Here's, here's, Please tell me we have video. Here's something oh, no, no, no. You've been doing this wrong all along. Hard. Why don't we take the wild hog problem here in Texas? Put them in our forces with those. Just sit them out. How ironic is it right. that bacon uh-huh. is killing exactly. them? Exactly. <laughs> right. the, the story cracked me up, though, because apparently as a group of Kurds, they were on the front line. They were watching over at their post, watching to see what the fighters were doing. And just here, watching or listening or reading this and seeing how it all played out. They said they were watching, they were doing their normal thing, and all of a sudden, a wild herd of hogs <laughs> ran over, trampled, and tore into three ISIS fighters. That's great. Yeah. Love it. Great. How do you not get that? I would that love to watch the video of that. Like, put yakety sacks behind it. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be the greatest video ever.